Hey, so um, Jesus said, hopefully that means something to you. Like Jesus said, so I'm going to do. Jesus said, so I'm going to learn. Jesus said, so I'm going to live. I'm not sure where you're at on that. And don't get worried. I don't have a ton of like extra like caffeine in me or anything. It's just been a normal caffeine day for me. I just really feel like God has got me in a spot to be able to share. We're building, we're building, and it's by God's grace that we're building, and it's not a parking lot or raising money for that. We're building this kingdom that's his already, and he's called us to be a part of it. It's just so remarkable and so unfair. (laughs) You know, you look for fair, right? You just want things to be fair. God calls you and I to the most unfair thing ever. He paid your debt. He paid my debt. He paid the debt of every human that ever was, ever will be. That's not fair, but it sure is good. It sure is needed. He says you shall love, and we've been looking at that. We've been looking at some impossible ways to love, but I got some really, really good news for you. There's help for loving obedience. You may want to guess who it is. Yeah, I mean, he tells you what to do. It's impossible. And then he says, I'll give you my spirit so you can do it. You in the receiving mood? (laughs) Because he's got something, and it's not just something, it's him. Will you join me, John 14, 15 through 18. We've gone through this before. I hope that it's brand new to you this morning. I want to remind you, if this is your church home, to keep giving of your time, of your talents, of the treasures that God has given you, not just to Crosswater or even through Crosswater, but for the kingdom. When I say we build the kingdom, it's because he gives us the ability to do that. It's his kingdom. And you know, he said it starts out a particular way. He had a lot of different pictures of it, but there's one really vivid picture How does the kingdom of God start out? Do you all know that? Real tiny. (laughs) Mustard seed tiny. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those, but it's like a 28 font period. That's, That's what that is. And he says, but it grows. As you and I are in Christ... As we've received him, like, you know the phrase, and I get it, I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not discounting that. But he bought your life. He initiates that in us. It's so beautiful. And so we surrender, we submit, we give our lives to Jesus, and then we grow. Some of us are like my daughter Genesis was when she was four years old. We were teaching her little Sunday school class. We were brand new Christians. And they're like, hey, one really cool way for you to grow is to teach it to little kids. And I'm like, teach it? I don't even know all of it. And they were right. And this is an unashamed, unplanned invitation for you to grow in your faith. Teach the little kids. Here's a little hint. They're going to teach you a whole lot, and not just about patience. (laughs) That's part of of the plan. But 
Seriously, we're in there, and Kathy, who's amazing, and she's even downstairs right now teaching little kids, but she's like, hey, let's do this little thing where you put grass seeds in a Dixie cup, you water them, and you put them by the window, and you water them daily, and the kids will see that it grows over the course of the week, and then the next week, the next Sunday when they show up, we'll see how much it grows, and that's how your faith grows. I'm like, even I get that. Cool. All right. So Genesis is four years old, almost five at this time, and she's got her little cup in the, the window, and it's growing a little bit, and it's exciting, and it's green, and, and it's looking pretty healthy, and then she brings it back, and she does something that all of us do and have done and will do. She compares to the other people. Dad... Mine's not as big as hers, and it's just like, I don't know. I want it to grow. I'm like, I know, sweetheart, and it grows as time goes, and sometimes it's going to grow quicker, and sometimes it's going to grow slower, and then sometimes it's just going to need to be fixed. And she was, but I want it to grow. And then she started to cry because she's a lot like her dad. (laughs) And I see her go kind of off to the corner, and I'm like, you know, it's a room of like 25 kids, so... That's my kid, and so I'm like one eye there and one eye here and all this. And so I get pretty dialed into what's happening right here, and all of a sudden I hear Genesis crying pretty loud. And I come over, and she's got like this little piece of grass with this tiny little root system and these tiny little clods of dirt. She's like, I'm broken. I'm like, what happened? She goes, I tried to make it grow. (laughs) I went the long way home for this. You guys, you can only do so much to make it grow. You can be available. You can water, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3. You can plant, as he says in 1 Corinthians 3, but the water and the seed was given to you by God. The one who makes it grow is him, and he is faithful to make it grow. Are you going to join him in that? Are you going to be a part of that? Is your faith going to grow so big that you're not just going to heaven, but heaven lives inside of you? Have you received that? John 14, 15 through 27 is what we're going to look at today, and we'll get to it. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. This is a fun word for a baseball slash football slash softball person. Paraclete. It's almost like paracletes. You can think about it. But if you're a Greek speaker, which I'm not, you have a little accent, you say, parakletos. And this is who the helper is, the advocate, the counselor, the one who's just like Jesus. And he'll be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, this is the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you the spirit had dwelt 
with them in Jesus. Jesus was about to go, and he says later on in John, it's way better if I go because then my spirit, the spirit of truth, comes and lives in you. And as Colleen pointed out, without us, I mean, she wants a little picture behind the scenes here. She found out she was doing communion how many days ago? I mean, you said yes. It wasn't like, surprise, you're doing it, right? But, but you were asked by somebody who couldn't be here today to do it. We didn't talk about, hey, this was the direction I'm going to really great if you went to Ezekiel. And pointed out that God said 500 years before Jesus was even born that he would give his spirit to us to help us keep his word. And then, here we are. No quinky dink. Just the Holy Spirit straight up glorifying himself. Who else should he glorify? I mean, he glorifies the Father and the Son. This is the Trinity. They should be into glorifying themselves, not glorifying us. That's too low of an aim, but boy, we like that. Well, I look pretty good now. I feel pretty. Let's make a big deal out of God. Watch how he does this. He gives us a helper. You guys, so much has been debated and mistaught and misapplied and abused about God looking at his creation and saying it's not good that man is alone. He needs a helper. And men have just abused that and women have abused it and it's been misapplied. He calls himself a helper and he calls the woman who would come in to be a helper, a completer, an advocate, somebody who would be like God, not a God, but she was made in God's image just like man was. God's not afraid to be called a helper and he's not afraid to call his people helpers. Are you? Do you like to be a helper? Well, depends on what I get, I guess. Or no, I, I just love to help. I love to assist. Yesterday at our men's breakfast, we finished the book of Jonah, short little book, amazing, super convicting. Pastor John said, gosh, as I've gone through these, you know, four chapters, and they're really small chapters, I've really come to understand that I'm a lot like Jonah. And I'm like, you sure are. <laughs> we all admitted it. Lukeman, Durosier, dear friend of mine, dear brother, he said, I think we make ourselves out to be God's partners when we're really his servants. Now, he wants us to be both, but the reality is a partner's like, no, look, we're not going to do it like that. I'm part owner here. I'm going to show you how this is done, and we do that with God. You ever see that little bumper sticker, God's my co-pilot? Switch seats, friend. <laughs> You're not. You and I get to be a part of it, and we get to listen, and it's wonderful, and we'll unpack that this morning. But I just want to go first things first. God's God and you're not. Boy, big, fat sigh of relief should be happening right about now. I don't have to keep everything spinning, and you can't. You know how you learn how to juggle? Dropping stuff. That's how you learn how to juggle. 
Now you learn how to follow God. Struggling, trusting, believing. He's here to help. He wants to help. He gives us himself. So something that is really standing out to me. It's not just because I'm 52 and these bifocals already need help. I mean, I'm just literally, I'm still doing this with my glasses and I sometimes can read that back there and sometimes can't. But as I was reading through this this week, it dawned on me that Jesus, the great physician, is the best eye doctor ever. Ever. He fixes our sight. Listen to this. It's so good. We'll go 19 through 21. Yet a little while, Jesus said, and the world will see me no more. Physically, they wouldn't see him. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. He's talking to his people. You're going to see me. You're going to understand me because I live, you live. In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoo, wait, what? Hold on, real quick. Flow chart? Yeah, we're together. We're in the Trinity. The Trinity is in us. What is going on? Oh, God's awesome. That's what's going on. He loves you. That's what's going on. He wants to help you love him. That's what's going on. Hey, Aaron, you're a pastor. You get paid to be good. You've been following the Lord for a while. How do I hear from the Lord? I mean, his word is good. Hearing preaching is good. His spirit will make all of that happen, but I know how to hear the Lord best because I've known how to ignore him. And I think the same goes for you. He's already spoken tons of times, written word. We have a lot of different brothers and sisters in Christ that are like, put down the Bible. God's got a fresh impartation for you. It will not be inconsistent with what he already wrote. So go to what he said if you're not sure what he's saying to you. He's speaking to us, and he loves us, and his spirit is the one that opens our eyes. So what you know he's already said Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Then go with that. And he'll unpack more and more for you because he's the best eye doctor ever. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. <laughs> oh, I know what God wants. I just don't want to do it. Well, then you're struggling. And he's faithful. He's going to complete the work that he began in you. But this part Jesus said cannot be escaped. Any of it can't, but we try to bob and weave. And, well, maybe he means this. This one's real straightforward. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I kind of geeked out. Really, the reality is I geeked out this week. I was just like, man, that word manifest, I, there's all kinds of different things to that, but what does that even mean? And so I know that it means show, but I'm like maybe a little bit of a deeper dive. And so I read a bunch of little different explanations of this Greek word, emphanzino or emphanizo. 
They pronounce it a couple of different ways. Is anything just, you see that word up there right now. Any English word stand out to you when you see that? Emphasize, emphasis. And so, again, maybe I would make my daughter Genesis proud of me. I don't know. I'm a dad. I don't know if my kids are proud of me much at all. But in this moment, my English teacher daughter was on my mind. And so I was like, gosh, what's the etymology? What's the, the root? Where did we get emphasis from? From emphanizo. It means to show, to see, to make clear, to expose, to emphasize, to manifest to make this known. And what did we hear here? And if we can, just really quick, we'll go back. Noah, thank you so much. To verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest, show, make known myself to him. Whoo! This is cool. He's going to show himself more and more to us as we take him at what he's already shown us. Look, I can't tell you where to go all the different places where I've never been. I can just tell you where I'm at. And I know that God's taking me deeper. And he wants to take you deeper. He wants us to grow. We don't become more saved. You're already saved. Spurgeon said, man, a little faith will get you to heaven. A lot of faith puts heaven right here. And I don't even fully understand what he means by that. Because I'm like, you get more Jesus? Do you have a leak sometimes and you lose some Jesus, but then the, you plug it up with obedience and then you feel, I don't know. I just think we get into this kind of flow where we're like, la, 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 la. Um, I, don't, I can't hear you, God. Well, quit talking. That was just for me, but if you get anything from it, cool. But he's like, look, I I want you to not just know my commandments. I want you to walk them out. I want you to live this out, and I'm going to give you my spirit to help you do it. Verse 22, after Jesus says, look, I'll love you, and I'll show myself to you more. My father and I will love you. And so Judas, not Iscariot, I love that. John's like, the good Judas, not that bad one said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest, show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. Is anybody keeping track of how many times he said that in just these few verses? Somebody said a lot. You're right. It is like at least three, maybe four. And he even said it a different way. So if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I told you again about that. That home is mone, abode, house. For us, meneo, to dwell in him, again, as Colleen, because of how awesome the Holy Spirit is, spoke to you about that's our move on what we can do with all of this. We dwell in him. We stay. We keep coming back to. It's so good to come home after a while, isn't it? You're just like, oh, yeah. 
So verse 24 says, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Look, Jesus is like, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to share with you. And the Holy Spirit's going to do the same thing. He's going to help you, and he's going to guide you, and he's going to fill you up. But you love me, and you keep my command. My daddy and I will be right here living with you via the Holy Spirit. We're going to read in a little bit that he's like a guarantee. When I was growing up, I listened to a whole lot of radio. I watched a whole lot of TV. And there was this commercial for a car dealership that said, service loaner for life. And that's always come back to me as who the Holy Spirit is. Like Jesus left, gave his spirit, and he's here forever. Serving, blessing, showing us him. Thank you so much. I sure need it. I sure need him. So my question for you before I continue on in a full-on geek fest here. Is God at home in your heart? And how would you know? So maybe you don't answer out loud if he's at home in your heart, but maybe right now, how would you know if God's in your heart? At home in your heart. You welcome it. You want him. That's a really good start. What else? How else? You see the benefits, Carol, in everywhere you go. And you have this opportunity, right, where you want him, as Joe said, you see the benefits, maybe you don't even focus on just how much it costs or how hard it might be. You just dig it. You're like, God, you're bringing it. You're really good at that. Some of you are like, lucky. I wish. Keep following. Keep listening. Stay available. He's doing something in you. The grass might look a little short right now. It's going to grow. Do you know what he said in Philippians 1.6? He's faithful to complete the work he began in you until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not done. You feel like being done? Man, don't give up. Even if you do, he's carrying you anyways. It may not be the footprints in the sand. It might be butt prints in the sand where he's just dragging you like, come on, let's go. Pastor Aaron said butt. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a papa now. I, I should know better. You mean like butt? Okay. That's so good. Come on. Amen. His kindness leads to repentance, Romans 2, right? Like he wants more. And he's calling you to more. And he's calling you to do things that make a big deal out of him. 
We're looking through the book of Jonah, and Jonah is just a straight-up chump in that book. Do you know who wrote that book? Jonah. He didn't make himself look great like we would if we were writing the story. And this is where I came in on a horse. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you guys... If God's at home in your heart, here's what's up. You're going to love him more. You're going to want him more. You're going to follow him more. You're going to repent more. It doesn't make you more better, more saved, more amazing. It makes you more like him, which I guess technically makes you more better, more amazing, but not more saved. Always saved in him. There's nobody who can snatch you out of his hand. Romans 8 says nothing can separate you from his love. Sweet. So quit trying. Just repent, turn back, listen, love, follow, serve. Again, not so you earn more. Our friend and I were talking about this. It seems really cool in the Bible, and you hear other, like, all kinds of people preach about the crowns, and you get, like, these gems and these treasures and these amazing gifts. But boy, if I'm in heaven, I don't think I'm going to be thinking about my crown. I'll be like, gosh, I remember when I got that jewel. Oh, hey, Jesus. I'll be with you in a minute. I'm just reminiscing. That was cool. It's not even more like it. It's exactly what it says in Revelation. These dudes have thrones. These ladies have thrones. You know what they do with them? Abandon them. To fall on their face before the Most High. Every nation. I love this. How many tongues are going to confess that Jesus is Lord? How many knees are going to bow when he comes back? All of them. We get a head start. We're choosing that now. We're celebrating that now. If he's at home in your heart, that's a good spot. If he's not, I'm encouraging you. The Holy Spirit, says in 1 Corinthians 6, lives in side of his people if you're his people he's there whether you feel like he's at home or not well i just don't deserve it back to the unfair thing okay quit talking about what you don't deserve gosh if you got what you deserved you'd be going to hell like every other human being who gets what they deserve if that's what they're getting if you got what he's giving, now it's a completely different story. It's mercy. That's why crowns can be cast and thrones can be gotten up out of and we can be stoked about him. And we can start that here. I am not a work in front of you that is complete. I'm a work that's in process. But boy, I find myself loving and being more stoked about Jesus the more I actually take him at his word. It's this really cool thing where you just keep getting fed. It's like I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty, and I'm satisfied all at the same time. That's weird. I know it's cool, too. Let's go to Romans 5.5. I've got to start wrapping this baby up. In Romans 5.1, we talked about since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not always peace with others like we talked about. But in 5.5, he says, hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We got hope. He's a living hope. 
His Spirit's in us. We've got this amazing love that's poured into our hearts. Receive. Receive. No, it's not an uh-oh. It's good. John 14 again. Let's go to 25 through 27. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Thank you, Lord, because the older I get, the harder it is to remember things. The busier I get, the more tired I am. Look, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. I'm leaving, but the Holy Spirit will be here all the time. Do you know that Jesus limited himself in this way? He was just in the area that he was in, physically. But now today, in 2023, so far away in so many thousands of years, 2,000 plus years later, we know Jesus, we know his word because his spirit is in his people. And he's sharing this and reminding people all around. And so I skipped verse 25, and I apologize, but I love how he says this. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Sweet. Well, Jesus said I don't have to be afraid. Okay, cool. Is it that easy, though? I mean, this sounds like Jesus kind of is going hippie because he said peace and love. Man, just trust it. But the reality is he is peace. He's shalom, right? But don't suppose that it came for peace. Well, if you're at peace with him, you've got that peace with him. And that's what he's talking about. I don't give to you the way the world does. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Jesus, the great covenant keeper, says, I am giving myself to you. I'm giving you my spirit. I'm giving you my love. I'm going to help you remember how to do all of these things. So do not be troubled. The good news, friends, there's help. For loving obedience. The greatest helper ever. The paraclete. He is inside his people. So before I ask you what steps you're going to take to draw near, I want to finish with what's really becoming one of the greater encouragements in my life. And I want to share with you, not only because, well, I get to as one of the main teaching pastors slash elders at your church but it's just another dude that's following Jesus just like my friends right here who are trying to follow Jesus second Corinthians 5 talks about something that is so powerful so encouraging this world and this body that we're in is temporary but it's kind of all we know and it doesn't feel like a tent it feels just like this broken down fixer-upper but this is temporary. 
and we're burdened. We want to do things for God. We want to understand him. We want to believe him. We want to follow him. And he's like, actually, let me encourage you. You're going to if you're in me. What did Jesus say about a city set on a hill? Can't be hidden. Some of us have tried to take the light and put it under a bowl, but if you're in Christ and he's in you, you're going to shine and you won't even be able to help it. Instead of like, I can't believe I said that word, you're going to be like, I encouraged you? Sweet. I'm setting an example for you? That's all God through me. He's promised to do that. Oh, yes, love and obedience, help, got it. Check and check. But I don't feel like I'm growing right now. You will. Unless, again, you're trying to take over the role of God, and then you're going to just be stagnant. Hey, there is a God. No need to apply for the job. Nobody's qualified but him. So here's where these verses for me, 2 Corinthians 5, 5 through 7. He who has prepared us for this very thing, following him, being clothed in him, being filled with him, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who has given us the spirit as a guarantee, service loaner for life. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Now the Lord lives in us, but one day we've got a home that we're going to. You're not home yet. This place isn't all there is. Be encouraged, friend. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I don't know if you remember, but I told you that I think Jesus is the best eye doctor ever. (laughs) He's going to help you live by faith and not by sight. This is an encouragement for us in this current world, current spots that you're in. So how do we move towards Jesus? I have three different ways that I think would be really helpful in whatever way and wherever you're at, and you could add way more to this because you're smart and amazing in your own right. But number one, love him. Obey him, let come to him, submit to him. Like, you're God, I'm not. You hear me say it every week because some of you need to do this. Some of you haven't done this. Some of you haven't surrendered to the fact that he's God and you're not. You haven't surrendered to the fact that he's the one that fills you up. It's not you that he's just going, oh gosh, I sure hope she comes to me. He loves you, but he doesn't worship you. It's supposed to be the other way around. You love and worship him, so receive this and love him, obey him. Some of you have been doing that, but you really hit some skids. It's difficult for you, so maybe you moving towards Jesus looks like walking in hope. You're like, I know he's faithful. I know we have all these different verses. I know that there's peace and love and hope in him, so I'm going to go with that. And some of you, I've been doing that for a long time and you're just not seeing what you're hoping for. For you to move towards Jesus is to walk by faith and not by sight. 
I'm not saying you speak something into existence. You trust the one that says, look, I'm here for it. I gave my spirit so you'd lovingly obey me, and I want you to keep doing it. You guys, I know that I invite you often to look at the Live It Out video. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's encouraging. I have like a bonus message that'll be about a minute and a half to two minutes. And it's a big step. And I'm waiting for you guys to want to take that step, not just to live it out video, but live it out like the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he wants to reach the world through us. He doesn't need us, he wants us. There's no plan B, it's all him. He's got it figured out. This creation and all that, but there's a very, very wonderful passage that Jesus talks about in John 16 that I'm gonna unpack for you on mine. Let's pray. If you're like, oh man, that's weak, go read John 16 and get blessed. So. Father, thank you for the opportunity, the opportunity for us to submit to you, the opportunity for us to understand you, to be filled by you, your spirit of truth to just flow in us and through us, to fill us up to overflowing and to share who you are, to lovingly obey you, to have you be at home in our heart for us, Lord, to see you more clearly for you, to show us more of yourself that we would want you more and we would just see this continual filling and outpouring and all this giving of you and your good news, your gospel, your kingdom. God, I pray for men, women, and children in this room, in this community, in this country, in this world, your people to live in such a way that more people would come to you, the righteous king, that we would humble ourselves and submit to you that we would know that you're God and we're not, and we would not only rest in that, we would celebrate that, and we'd remember that you are the one that has said, my light shines in darkness, and he, you called us a city set on a hill. You called us the light of the world. The only way that happens is to be filled with you. And since your people are filled with you, May those who aren't in your kingdom yet come to you, humble themselves. Those who are, live this out, believe it, grow more and more in you, and see more and more of you through their lives. I look forward to it, and I'm seeing it already, and I'm grateful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.